This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W. Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one, episode number 28. We are calling this one Bullpen Blowup versus the Brewers. I'm Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show. The guys are on from 5.30 to 10 weekdays. I started off between 5 and 5.30, warming things up on 6.70. Of course, that is the radio home of our Chicago Cubs. And as always, I'm joined by my good buddy Crowley. Crowley, how the heck are you? I'm doing good, Dustin. You could follow me at Crawley's Cubs, and you could follow us at Fly the W670 on Twitter and Instagram, and also Fly the W on Facebook. We ran our own email account, Fly the W670 at gmail.com. So, Crawley, this wasn't a completely terrible series, but uh, not the greatest. The Cubs' offense still uh, lacking. They're missing one of their. Uh, bigger bats so let's get it started game one was friday night up in milwaukee we had justin Steele versus freddie peralta kind of the marquee pitching matchup of this series and it uh, was quite an interesting game to say the very least isn't that what you love about baseball though dustin is that you can go and watch and listen to as many games as you and i both have and something will happen still that you've never seen in your life right Right. Uh, and when we get to when we get to the part of that, Crowley, and we talk about the last time this because it, it, we may have never seen it, but there's all it's almost always sometime it happened before. And some <laughs> of my favorite all time favorite ex-Cubs were involved in the last time this happened. Well, we, you know, Steele was OK. He was in and out of trouble most of the game. Uh, he gave up a double to Willie Adamas in the first. He gave up a walk to Rowdy Telez and a single to Keston Hira to start the second, able to wiggle out of that. Uh, he gave up a single to Yelich and walked Adamas in third. So, it, you know, it wasn't as crisp as we've seen Justin Steele. Now it really doesn't help when you got a guy like C.B. Buckner behind the plate and and – I, do, I don't know how that man still has a job, how he's still employed. <laughs> they're, 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 look, I'm not a big blame the umpire. Now, I do, I do hold their feet to their fire because there's a lot. I, I follow a site called Umpire Scorecards on Twitter. It'll tell you how accurate they were, how consistent, where they missed the pitches, which were their opinion on the most critical calls of the game. And there's just certain guys like C.B. Buckner. They're just awful, and you just don't understand. Like I said, I know the umpire union and all that, but, I mean, this is just so – I think it's so much worse now that we have the technology to see it. It's not just um, what you feel. You can actually see data and what these guys are missing. So, 
you know, he gives up, uh, Steele gives up a home run to Tyrone T uh, Taylor in the bottom of the fifth, and the Cubs are down one nothing. Bottom of the sixth, Justin Steele leaves with lower back tightness after getting Hunter Renfro to fly out. So there's one out, no score. Um, and so Steele's gone in the sixth. Now, just on the other side, Freddie Peralta's doing even better. He's not having any problems. He's no hitting the Cubs through six innings. And in the seventh, he's replaced by Matt Bush. Now, I know a lot of Brewers fans may not have been happy about it, but again, this is a guy coming back from injury and and they're in a pennant race and, and they don't, you know, they're trying to win this thing. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Nick Magical reaches on an error by third baseman Luis Urias, fortunately for the Cubs. Contreras grounds out, but Magical gets to second. And then Ian Happ homers to right center field and the Cubs lead two to one. Boom goes the dynamite. Boy, Ian Happ is having himself just a just a great overall year, isn't he? Absolutely. We get to the bottom of the ninth, and the Cubs lead two to one. Brandon, and they've only had one hit, which is the uh, which is the Ian Happ homer, one hit, and now Brandon Hughes comes on. I, you know, I, part of me wonders, you know, if if David Ross seems to like to try some of these guys for two innings. I think, you know, especially with some of these younger guys, let them just go one inning right now. Give them one inning where they can give max effort. He's working his second inning of work. Rowdy Telez leads off with a homer. How many guy, times have I told guy, you I cannot stand it? <laughs> God, the best part, Crowley, is you were – I thought as soon as he hit that home run, I was watching that game, I was out and about. But, of course, in front of the game, and as soon as he hit that, I thought, Crowley. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally was just like my teeth are grinding at this point. And so he gets a home run. Uh, the game's tied. Mark Leiter replaces Hughes. And this all of a sudden looks like it's about – wheels are about to come off. Keston uh -huh. Hero reaches on an air by Nico. Uh, Luis Urias walks. There's two on, no outs. Caratini flies to left. Sean Newcomb comes into the game. He gets Colton Wong to pop out to Contreras. And Christian Yelich flies out to left. Newcomb actually did okay in this game. That's not going to be true for later on in the series. Top of the 10th. Devin Williams enters the game. Wilson uh, is on second, the Manford man. The wild pitch advances Willie to third, but he doesn't need it because Ian Happ hits his second home run. The Cubs lead four to two. The second hit of the game is a Ian Happ home run. He only two hits the whole game, both Ian Happ home runs, two run homers. Bottom of the 10th, just activated off the IL. Manrod, Manny Rodriguez, the young flamethrower comes in. Yelich starts eating at second. Gets Willie Adamas to strike out. McCutcheon, of course, singles. Hunter Renfro singles. Yelich scores. The lead is four to three. Wild pitch by Manrod. You got runners advanced to second and third. Rowdy Telez walks, which I thought of you when that happened when we talked about <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt the other day. Bases are loaded. Jace Peterson up to the plate. He grounds into a double play. And this was amazing. Magical is it gets the ball and tags Telez as he's coming through and throws to P.J. Higgins to end the game. Cubs win 4-3, to three, fly the W. Steele, like I said, not his greatest outing. 5.1 innings pitch, four hits, one run, four walks, six Ks. That zone by C.B. Buckner, no bueno. The offense was just absolutely stymied by the Brewers. It was one guy who had both hits. Ian had both hits, both two-run home runs, four RBIs, the first Cub to ever hit a two-run homer to lead off an inning because of the Manfred Man, and he's the only player in MLB in the modern era to have two multi-run homers for his team's only two hits of the game. 
Yep, the single, right? The single individual player. So my little number from this, it was the first time the Cubs had won a game in which their only two hits, homers, since April 14th of 1985 when Jody Davis and Gary Matthews went deep in a 4-2 victory over the Montreal Expos, Crowley. Gotta love me this. And how about this? That victory, okay, the Friday night win, put the Cubs at a 208-207 lead in the all-time series between the Cubs and the Brewers. It's gotten to be a fun rivalry, and 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 you know it's uh, there's a lot of tension, and and you go you go to that stadium, and I did not go to a game this weekend. We rested up. Our family was recovering from a multitude of illnesses, but uh, you know it was it, it, it. There's always a lot of smack talking, especially where I'm at in southern Wisconsin. So, you know, Freddie Peralta, you know, looked great, and he keeps looking stronger. Like I said, you know, you're catching him at the right time. But it didn't help the Cubs. Six innings pitched, zero runs on zero hits, one walk, five Ks. Offensively, this is what killed the Brewers. Three runs on seven hits, 10 left on base, two for 15 with runners in scoring position. So Rowdy Telez was one for three with a homer and two walks. So the Cubs get that first win. They don't get shut out. They don't get swept. We knew that for sure. And then game two. Drew Smiley, Brandon Woodruff in a nightcap out at Miller Park. And just like the starters the previous day, another pitcher's duel is Smiley and Woodruff. Both pitched six innings of shutout ball. But after six, it's a battle of the bullpens, which the Cubs will not win. Bottom of the seventh, Rowan Wick, he's had his ups, he's had his downs, he's backing it down right now. Gives up a single to Victor Caratini and Colton Wong. Jace Peterson, pinch hitting, hits a sack bunt to third. Morell throws it away. The throw was kind of away from Madrigal, and Caratini scored. Uh, you know, the first baseman was in, you know, anticipating the bunt, and Madrigal's covering. Just wasn't a great throw. Uh, Wong gets to third, Peterson to second. The Cubs trail one nothing, And then Christian Yelich, who now apparently is only an MVP versus the Cubs and not the rest of the league, hits a three-run homer in the Cubs trail 4 nothing. Bottom of the eighth, Michael Rucker comes into the game. He gives up a home run to Colton Wong. The Brewers lead 5-0. Jace Peterson is called out on strikes. Christian Yelich singles. Willie Adames homers and the Cubs trail 7-0. And that would be the final. Cubs lose 7-0. Yeah, you never, ever, ever like to see your team with the big zero, no crooked number on the scoreboard. And especially when it's a rivalry game against the Brewers. Again, I realize you can't win them all, but boy, at least score a run, right? Yeah, and Drew Smiley, gosh, six innings pitch, five hits, zero runs, one walk, two Ks. According to Jordan Bastion, he tweeted out that Smiley has a .90 ERA in August starts, in five August starts, and a .272 ERA in nine outings going back to July 10th. Just cannot believe no one thought they would take a flyer on that. Wick gave up four runs. Rucker gave up three. The offense had zero runs on five hits, eight left on Bates. 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. Suzuki. And Crowley, I will add. Crowley, I want to add something on these stats that you have here, okay? 15 Cubs batters struck out 15 times in the game. 15 times. And this is a team that's supposed to make contact. You get what I'm saying? It's like when you're talking about when the Cubs used to have the big boppers of of Rizzo and Bryant and Willie and Javi and all those guys on the team, you can expect games on strikeout, but when when they made contact, that ball went a long way, and that's where you did see the crooked numbers. And so this is a team that was built to make contact, and you and if you don't do that, that's where you're going to get shut out, obviously. Absolutely. But say a Suzuki, two for three with two doubles, one walk, he's heating up. 
For the Brewers, Woodruff, six innings pitch, four hits, zero runs, one walk, 10 Ks. Their offense had seven runs on 12 hits, nine left on base, one for nine with runners in scoring position for the Brewers, who have had their offensive struggles. But when you hit four home runs, it really doesn't matter that much. Yelich, four for five with three RBIs. Colton Wong, two for four. So that was a rough game. That was definitely a rough game. And, yeah, you're right. Uh, Christian Yelich looked awful MVP-ish against the Cubs. We move into game three, that one Sunday afternoon, and we were hoping that Adrian Sampson was going to get his uh, second win as a Cubs starter. Yeah, you know, he actually didn't look horrible. It was Adrian Sampson versus Eric Lauer, and the Cubs did better against Lauer than I thought, especially considering how bad the first two games went offensively. Top of the first first one out, say a walks, Hap strikes out, Reyes walks. Nico Horner with the single, so Seiya scores, Reyes the third, Cubs lead one nothing, but they can't add on. Bottom of the first, though, Christian Yelich hits one to left center. Uh, he tries for two. He's thrown out by an excellent throw by Nelson Velasquez and a really nice tag by Nick Madrigal. I really love seeing some – Nelson, when he throws the ball, man, he's just got an arm. That's just a cannon. Absolute cannon. And so in the top of the second, McKinstry singles, P.J. Higgins and Nelson Velasquez strike out swinging, but Magical walks. Saya hit a single to right, and so McKinstry scores. Magical to third. Saya makes it to second, but they couldn't get any more. There's more, you know, just opportunities missed. Ian pops out to end the threat. Cubs trail 2-0, and it's going to start to come back to bite him. Bottom of the third, two outs. Willie Adamas singles. Rowdy Telez walks. Hunter Renfro doubles. Adamas scores. Telez to third. The Brewers now trail two to one. Bottom of the fourth. This is, you know, there's there's some, we'll, we'll talk about this here, but Samson gets Hira to ground out. Ross pulls him for Sean Newcomb, who again did good in extras on Friday. Did not good do good here today. Jace Peterson singles, Navarez singles, Garrett Mitchell singles. Jace Peterson scores, Omar Navarez scores. Mitchell the second on a bobble by Velasquez. So the Brewers take a three to two lead. Hadavi comes out to talk to Newcomb. Conversation didn't work because the next batter, Christian Yelich, hits a two-run blast. Cubs now trail 5-2. to two. Willie Adamas is striked out swinging. And Rowdy Telez gets caught stealing, which makes me laugh. Uh, anytime you got a big man like that trying to steal a base. All right. Top of the fifth. Cubs are fighting back. Ian Happ leads off with the double. Fran Mil Reyes grounds out. Nico Horner with a two-run homer. And the Cubs trail 5-4. to four. Bottom of the fifth, Sean Newcomb still in there. Hunter Renfro walks. Colton Wong homers. Cubs trail seven to four. Keston Hira strikes out. Uh, Jace Peterson singles, and Newcomb is finally mercifully pulled. Um, you get to the bottom of the sixth. Luke Farrell, it was uh, pitching. He had the spot start the other day. Yelich singles. Adamas singles. Rowdy Telez walks. They walked him a ton. Hunter Renfro singles, which scores Yelich Adamas to third. Telez to second, the Cubs trail eight to four. Wong pops out, Hira singles, Adamas scores, Telez to third, Renfro to second, and the Cubs trail nine to four. Top of the seventh, Franmil Reyes doubles, Nico Horner flies to right, Reyes moves to third, Jan Gomes with the sack fly, makes it nine five. Top of the ninth, Brad Boxberger on the mound, Ian Happ with the leadoff single, the Franimals home run, and the Cubs trail nine to seven. Nico singles, tying run is at home plate but Devin Williams replaces Boxberger who gets Gomes to strike out swinging Contreras hits into a double play Cubs lose that one nine to seven 
Adrian Sampson, only 3.1 innings, five hits, one run, one walk, two Ks. Sean Newcomb, one inning of work, six runs, six hits, two walks, two Ks. The offense, like I said, wasn't bad. Seven runs on 11 hits, nine left on base, three for eight with runners in scoring position. Reyes, two for four with a homer. Horner with three for with a homer and three RBIs. For the Brewers, Lauer, like I said, Cubs did all right against him. He went five innings, gave up six hits, four runs, four walks, four Ks. On offense, the Brewers had nine runs on 16 hits, nine left on base, five for 13 with runners in scoring position. Yelich, three for five with a home run. Renfro, two for four. Wong, three for five with a homer. So a tough way to end the, the series there. What, what do you think it was uh, as far as why Sam, I mean, Samson only had 61 pitches when they took him out of that game. It's something that didn't really get brought up. I didn't hear about it anyway. Like, what do you think? I mean, just are they worried that he's just throwing too much so far already. He's done more than they would have ever expected. So they wanted to get him out of there when they did. I just don't understand the, 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 the logic behind taking him out when they took him out. So I dug into this a little bit. And the way that it works, and we're, we'll get into this in the third second, but there's two guys that cannot play in Toronto because of COVID protocols. Okay. One of them is Justin Steele, right. and the other is Adrian Sampson. Oh, yeah. Now, now, okay, that's right. Now I'm picking up what you're laying down. Something about the four innings. Right. And, so and, because and Adrian's – in X number of days between starts, and yep, 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 yep. Yep, and so because Adrian Sampson doesn't go four – the Cubs get to add another pitcher to this series That's along right. with the one to replace Steele. So right. I personally think that that was – I haven't – no, you know, nobody's come out and said no, it. No, but that makes all the sense in the world now. Yes, that, that's got to be what it is. It is they, they knew that rule. They were smart enough to know that rule, and that's that's why they did that. Yep. Good job, right. Crowley. That, that makes all the sense in the world. Now now I guess we don't have to – we don't have to have the, the beat writers push, uh, push David Ross, and I don't have to text uh, Tommy Hadovy. Now, the, the one thing you do have to take a look at, though, is, okay, fine. You know, that's what you're going to do. You get Sean Newcomb in there, and all of a sudden, you know, he has that just awful, awful inning where he just absolutely gets, you know, knocked around. But then you let him come back for another inning. That's the thing I don't get. He, like, just struggled mightily in the fourth and then struggles mightily in the fifth. I mean, you know, the Cubs are down five to four in the top of the fifth, right? So you're sitting here, you're still very much in this game. And, and instead you let him come back out and he gives up another, another two runs. I, 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 you know, he wasn't getting guys out. Right. So the Cubs take one of three. They don't get swept. They don't win the series. So that's uh, what Crowley two series in a row. Now that the Cubs have not won. Is that right? That's correct, but I, the one thing I would say to people that are frustrated with the series is, you know, take a look at the numbers back with what the Cubs did against the Brewers uh, the previous season, 2021, uh, and, and same with the Cardinals. They just weren't even competitive. They weren't even close when you talked about the season series. And so, you know, when we do the uh, post-mortem, the autopsy of this season, the one, you know, thing that you can look at is they played the teams in their division tough, which is, you know, Great, but then next year we have less divisional games, so go with that. Right, right. So <laughs> Rossi's, Rossi's boys don't quit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one, episode number 28. Calling this one bullpen blow up up in Bratsville as the Cubs drop the series to the Brewers. One game to into two. The Brewers take that series, winning on both Saturday and Sunday. And of course, our guy Crowley, a big contributor and member of the Club 400 and last weekend August the 21st he was out at Club 400 Palooza and had an opportunity to talk to Patrick Wisdom who has been out for a couple of days with a finger injury like the Club 400 fans and the Cubs fan base um, no not really uh, this is one of a kind I think um, yeah, so Cubs fan helping Cubs fan. I mean, it's the motto, and uh, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure to be included in this uh, in this club. So Patrick, I'm gonna. I had a little bit of a panic attack yesterday, eleventh inning. Uh, you were sliding into the base. Uh, how are you feeling? How is the hand? First off. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. Uh, my hand feels good, and uh, I look forward to being back out there. So I am watching. It's the ninth inning, and the Cubs and the Brewers have their one of the best closers in baseball, Devin Williams. And if you've ever seen his stuff on Pitching Ninja, go ahead, figure it out. Nico Horner grounds out, one out. The Cubs are down, one run, and then Mr. Wisdom works a ten pitch at bat. What is your mindset against a guy like Devin Williams going into that, knowing you have two outs to work with, down one run, and this guy with what he throws? What are you doing when you come up to the plate? Uh, my mindset in that bat was uh, I was better than that guy and better than his stuff. For sure. Uh, so that's just the mindset I had to go. Have. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, in that in that moment, in that at bat, and uh, just wanted to get on base uh, for the guys behind me and for the team. You come in and score, and you also had the double that tied it up in the eleventh before you know you were thrown out at home, which wasn't your fault. But Thank you. we're glad that you're healthy. We're glad that you're healthy. You. The next team, the Brewers are gone. You guys took two at three, which we won the series. I think it's like, what, five in a row? Yeah. And so the next team to come in are the Redbirds, the Cardinals, and I think Danny Rocket, um, I think Danny Rocket made our feelings towards the Cardinals very well known as we were hitting the cowbell. Um, but <laughs> you, Patrick, were drafted by the Cardinals, and the Cardinals, we know, and it sucks for us, always have a good eye for talent. What was it like as you were being drafted by the Cardinals? Uh, it was it was awesome. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's a you know historic franchise, just like the Cubs. And so, um, you know, they taught me how to be a professional, how to win. And then, uh, so when I got over here, I know what to do to beat them. <laughs> so, you are drafted in 2012, and you make your major league debut in 2018. How many hits and how many RBIs did you have? In my first game? First game. Uh, two hits and one RBI. Oh, two hits and one RBI. I was just testing them. Two hits and one RBI in your Major League debut. But 
2012 to 2018, we've heard a lot about the different prospects that the Cubs have, and people think that it's just like a linear kind of progression. You know how hard it is to get to the show. What do you tell the young players, like we have Christopher Morrell and a bunch of the younger players come in, what do you tell them about your experience about going through the minors? Um, you know, it's, it's a journey and you got to learn, um, you have to learn the whole way through, uh, just so that way when you get here, um, you know, you have those experiences to fall back on and, um, you know, those, those tough times that you went through, uh, even the good times, you know how to handle each, each thing that's thrown at you and, um, you know, it's, it's the journey I think is the best part and you get to do things like this and, um, you know, I think it's, it just helps you, you know, perform at this level. So you're with the Cardinals, you get traded to the Rangers. I want to say there's a quick stop with the Mariners, and then you come to the Cubs. And you're first at bat for the Cubs. How well do you remember that? You remember your two hits in your RBI with the Cardinals. You're first at bat. Do you remember it at all? I do. It was against the Sox. And you were pinch hitting for? I don't know who. Anthony Rizzo. Oh, it was? It was. Crowley knows. And so that had to have been when when... David, we were at spring training. We had already met you. We already uh, did some karaoke. And when you karaoke with someone, it creates a bond, right? It does. And so when, when you came out to spring training, David Ross tells a story about he had to tell you because for the very first time, you had made the team without having to do that. How did that, he talked to you. Tell me about that conversation. And how did it feel to have that weight off your shoulder to know you don't have to make the team, you're on the team? Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um... Yeah, he was very casual. He, we were taking BP, and he comes up to me. He's like, you know you're on the team, right? And I was like, I am? And he's like, yeah, you didn't know that from the get-go? I'm like, no, I've never been in a position to do that. And so, um, I mean, he could see the emotions kind of running over me, um, as he told me. And so he just put his arm around me and said, you know, you're on the team, so you can go and relax. And then uh, that day I went and hit two homers. So that was cool. That's relaxation. So when you are with the Cubs, when you get called up in 2021, all of a sudden, a lot of people were surprised at the power that you had. You were named NL Player of the Week, and you start popping home runs. And I saw Bleacher Jeff out here, Danny Rocket. There's a lot of Bleacher bums out here that are here day in and day out cheering on the fans. And talk to me how, it, you know, like I said, you're with the Cubs, you're with the Rangers. What was that experience like to have the fan base, like I said, with some of these guys that are always here cheering you on? What's that like every day, 30 to 40,000 people packed at this right here beautiful field behind us? Honestly, there's nothing like it. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what you did the day before. It could be the best game, the worst game you've had. You run out there for a stretch, and you got Bleacher Jeff hooting and hollering. You got, you know, the bleachers just cheering your name, and, uh, you know, they're just super excited to see you out there. and. Um, that's very comforting, you know, coming to play here every day. Um, you know, I'm just super thankful for this fan base and to play in Wrigley. It's just been amazing and I look forward to many more W's. Speaking of W's, the Cubs are hot and, you know, it, it was kind of scary because you traded, the Cubs traded their three best back end pieces of the bullpen. When you talk about David Robertson, you talk about Afros and you talk about Chris Martin and you talk about all these guys there's a transition that you know it, it's happening as far as the clubhouse and the vibe in the clubhouse after all that's going on because we were all here when wilson everyone thought wilson and ian were done like like literally like there's hat tips and cheering and crying 
and, and, and you're, you're in the clubhouse and it looks like it's over and the trade deadline passes what is that what did that do for the team to have Wilson and uh, have remain I think it was big it was um, it was it was good for the clubhouse it was good for the team um, just to have you know some sort of veteran cub if you will uh, you know a tenured cub uh, stay here and kind of show us the way I guess you know kind of lead the pack um, just knowing that they've been cubs their whole career and um, you know they'll continue to be cubs so um, we're glad to have those kind of rumors squashed and over with it was a, a nice breath of fresh air to, to have them in the lineup that day so five series in a row that the cubs have won again two of captain cubo is happy so you know now, now now the cardinals come in what do you think has happened because after the trade deadline you guys have really gone out of tear what do you think has kind of been driving these winning these series and you guys just as a team, look more comfortable, more relaxed. What, what do you think is going on that's kind of changed since the trade deadline has passed? Uh, we're scoring more runs than the other team. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Easy. Well, that too, but <laughs> um, you know, I think it's just trusting in one another. Um, you know, trusting in your teammate alongside you to get the job done. Um, so that way, you don't have to bear that weight and that pressure of um, you know carrying the team on your own. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of discussions with guys just letting them know, like, hey, what's this team? Uh, team offense, team pitching, team defense out there, and if we can all play as one unit, then um, you know we'll continue to do what we're doing. The one thing that we've noticed as far as this Cubs team is that they're, you know, okay, whatever. However, games, however many games we're out of first, we're you guys are out of first. You know, it, it's one of those things that it doesn't seem like you guys have a lot of quit in you. Still and so hard. when 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 I think about yesterday, you're down in the ninth, you're down in the tenth, you're down in the eleventh. But at no point did we see you guys give up. Talk to me about David Ross and the coaching staff and kind of what they instill in you guys as far because it looks like you guys, even though you know it's, it seems like very difficult to get into the postseason, it seemed like you guys are still fighting. Yeah, yeah no quit, um, like you said. And uh, Rossi does a good job of, you know, kind of if we need that fire lit under our butt, he's, he's there to light it. And, um, you know, I just, I just think that as a group, we don't have that, like, just – uh, we're throwing in the towel. We're in. We're in third place. Like, no, we're we're gonna be spoilers. We want to, you know, wreak havoc for the other teams that come in here. Um, you know, we play the Brewers and the Cards really well, and so, um, you know, we just look forward to like, you know, ruffling those feathers and making it tough on these teams. I gotta laugh because every time I see Christopher Morrell, he's talking, smiling, or hugging somebody. Yeah, get some somebody. <laughs> what what has what are some of the younger players that you have seen? Whether it's Morrell, whether it's Brandon Hughes. Some of, some of the young blood that's come in, what do you think they've interjected into the clubhouse? Uh, ener energy, for sure. Um, you know, they're just always happy and positive, and you can tell that um, they enjoy being here. And it's a good reminder that, you know, this is a game, and um, you should be happy to be here and play in Wrigley and play alongside um, these teammates that we have in this clubhouse that we have. And so, you know, when you see them just bopping around with smiles and energy and, you know, giving fist bumps to the How many times does Morrell <laughs> Yeah. Just a few. How many uh, guesses? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, bumping, you know, giving the umpire fist bumps as you yeah. watch the play. <laughs> I just, love it. Just chatty Cathy. But he's uh, he's good, and, um, you know, it's, it's electric to watch. And just uh, just like with the other young guys, just fun to have on the team because they're, they're, uh, they're balls of energy. 
2003, Eric Karros is playing first base, and when the season's over, he, you know, he was a Dodger most of his career, he ends up saying, you know, every player should experience being a Cubs player once in their MLB career. What do you think when you hear about that now, reflecting on everything so far that you've been through? I mean, no truer words have been spoken. I mean, that's that's the epitome right there. If, if you could play for the Cubs, I would highly recommend it, because, I mean, the fan base is amazing. Um, they're so supportive. Playing in a historic Wrigley Field is, you can't beat it, honestly. And so, um, you know, the city of Chicago is always behind you, and it's just, it's been amazing. You got some fans up there. All right. Last time you were at Club 400, someone asked something about a library book. Yeah, and I, we're not yeah. even, you want to hear We're not even going to go there. But, but I just, you know... I wanted to kind of throw it out there if anybody had any questions for Patrick, uh, you know, and, and please keep them non-library book related. <laughs> Sir William, go ahead. Why can't I win at trivia games? And why can't I win at bingo? Um, I think when the lights come on you, Patrick, I think you would know this. When the lights come on, it's a different type of situation, yeah? Yeah, but you got to rise to the occasion. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be on your side. I was looking for some help. And as far as bingo, Wayne Messmer never calls my numbers. That's a fact. That, that is a fact, ladies and gentlemen. Is there skill to bingo? Yes, he no. call, Wayne calls the numbers, and every year at CubsCon, we're talking 20 years, I said, Wayne, this is the year my numbers come up. Nope. Nothing, nothing. No. You, you 18? Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions for Patrick? Not for me. <laughs> Go ahead in the back. <laughs> yeah. Favorite home run. Um, my favorite home run... I'm gonna be selfish. I think the one when I broke Chris Bryant's record. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta ask you because I asked Ian this in trivia, and Ian's really good at trivia. <laughs> yeah. You broke Chris Bryant's record, but do you know whose whose record Chris Bryant broke before that? Yeah. Yeah, Billy Williams. Oh. All right. So you are in good company, my friend. You got a question. And and here's a question for you: the home run shirt Sorry. pull. I, how did that start? How did that, how did that come about? Um, so it started right when I got called up. I hit a homer, I think, in my first game. And uh, I was wearing a tank top underneath my jersey. And I think, like, Jock and Rizzo, um, they're like, oh, you go no undershirt? Oh, Mr. Tough Guy. <laughs> like, no, it's a tank top, see? And then I kind of pulled it to the side. And then so I hit the homer, and Jock was like, you got to show it off. <laughs> So I just and then just kind of ran with it and yeah, it's a um, background school. yeah so it just it just kind of evolved and that, I think those are the best when it just kind of happens naturally and nice. uh, you go with it. Your manager was involved in a very famous Cubs meme recently where he uh, gave two birds and I believe that was to Jock Peterson who you just mentioned. Does that surprise you that David Ross would give two birds to Mr. Peterson? Absolutely not. <laughs> Ian, you have a question, buddy. So his question was, uh, what did I think of the play when Javi Baez uh, was against the Pirates last year? Yeah, yeah. 
kind of ran to first, kind of ran back home, and then got to second. And we scored runs. Uh, I was in complete shock because that was uh, a circus of a play when uh, they could have just thrown it to first and touched first and it would have been out and no runs would have scored. But hey, that's Javi Baez doing Javi Baez things. Thank there you. you go. <laughs> I, hit, I hit home runs in this video game every single time, so thank you. I've talked to a lot of the young prospects. They're all into MLB The Show. Do you play? I don't know. Okay, no. <laughs> you like me. You're good. Sorry, no. Captain Cubbo has a question. I want to know, how was your feeling last week playing a Field of Dreams? Yeah. The Field of Dreams game, yes. Uh, that was one of the highlights of my baseball career. Um, we had a good amount of time there to walk around the facility and um, you know, see everything, get through the corn, uh, just really immerse ourselves there. And, uh, you know, it helps that we came out with a victory. And, um, you know, it's just, they did a really good job there. And I think everything was, you know, crisp to a T and uh, details were, were there and you could see them. And so, um, you know, it's nice to have my family there as well. I think just the all around experience was um, something I'll never forget. How's the figure, man? Did you guys, so you guys walk through the corn. I mean, like, that, that, that's the thing that blows your mind. So you, you sit there, and it was, Stu and I were there. We went we went to the Field of Dreams, and we, I think you waved at us. I don't know if you knew it was us cheering for you. I, saw, I, I have a selfie with Stu. I didn't see you. <laughs> oh, where were you crying? Stu made me get the beers, and so, uh, but, uh, but uh, when you sat there, and you, you walked through the corn, and right in front of you was Griffey Jr. and Griffey Sr., and walking out with you is Sandberg, Dawson, uh, Lee Smith, uh, Johnny Bench was out there, uh, just Fergie, all these guys. What was that like, that whole experience? Yeah, well, so we were sitting back there behind the corn um, with these Hall of Famers, just shooting the breeze. Um, and I got, Johnny Bench was in my row, and so I just turned around, I was like, Mr. Bench, nice to meet you. And so it was, it was like a really cool experience, and he was like, how many homers do you have? And I said, 20. And he's like, I know, I've been following. I was like, you've been following me? He's like, I know who you are. So that was pretty cool, uh, you know, to see a Hall of Famer, you know, just know who I was. I thought that was pretty cool. There's a question by the young lady right over there. Young lady. Yeah. Funniest teammate of all time. The current Cubs. Um, the funniest guy on our team right now. Um, while I'm running through the names, going through the lockers. Uh, it's coming to me. Hold on, give me a second. No, I'm kidding. Um, Strowman's funny. I think, uh, you know, Willie's funny. gives me a good laugh. Hap is low-key funny. He's the low-key funny guy. Um, you know, the subtle jokes here and there. So those would be my top three. You asked of all time. Is there someone that kind of cranked in your head when that question was asked about the funniest player through your career? Yeah, for sure. Uh, there was a guy last year, and I played with him on the Cardinals, Nick Martini. He's from Chicago. Yeah. Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake. Yeah. Uh, the funniest guy I've ever been around. But uh, also, Hunter Pence is really funny to be around, too. 
Is there ever a time in your career, whether it was in the minors or the majors, where you sat there and you saw somebody pitching to you, you were like, holy crap, I saw this guy on TV. Like, kind of a moment when that pitcher was out there on the mound and you're looking and you're going like, I can't believe I'm facing this guy. Yeah, uh, Max Scherzer. Um, he probably tops the list, just like, stepping in, you're like, this is Max Scherzer. <laughs> Let's go. Did you get a hit? I did get a hit, yeah. Nice. Oh. Yeah, he scares the shit out of me. I'm not even in the batter's box. He's got the two eyes and he's snarling and God only knows. Question back there. When we did a shot at the event? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that. I, I, I don't think that. I just kidding. I do. I do. Family? Yeah. Oh. Shots, shots, shots. Just a reminder that what happens at a Club 400 party stays here. Thank you, thank you very much. Any other questions, Dan? All right, question right here. Wait, what's the second part? Second part? He had a two-part question. Pee Wizzy nickname. Where'd it come from? Oh. Who gave me that nickname? Um. I don't know who like. I don't know who gave it to me, but a lot of my friends started calling me it, and then. Uh, my brother-in-law has called me P. Wizzy a lot, and then I think I just put it on my Instagram, and then it just, everyone just started calling me P. Wizzy. Just makes sense. Obviously, COVID screwed things up, but when we talk about Players Weekend jerseys, have you thought about what you would put on the back? Yeah, probably P. Wizzy, unless I, maybe some, maybe I'll do like a Instagram or Twitter thing, but look for recommendations. I'm sure people can come up with some funny things. As a bobblehead collector, I have to ask you, do you have your own bobblehead and did you give some away? Because it is a pretty cool bobblehead. I do have my bobblehead, thank you. It's uh, my nightstand. I say goodnight to it every night. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. But really. <laughs> City Connect jersey and everything. Yeah, and it's got the you know the jersey tug and, and the chain and yeah, it's good. Uh, one of the better bobbleheads I've ever seen. It is. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Question right here. Patrick, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good. Question, deep dish or thin crust? Ah. <laughs> Have to mix it up, right? Yeah. Uh, she said deep dish or thin crust pizza. I'm going uh, deep dish. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question right back there. Go ahead. Oh, are you a good dancer? My mom wants to know if I'm a good dancer. She's the one who taught me how to dance, so of course I'm a good dancer. Yeah, no, don't listen to anything she says. <laughs> that leads to a whole bunch more questions. What did she teach you how to dance? Was it like ballroom dance, like like modern dance? What do you, what do, you do? Uh, more like funk and disco. Nice. Because yeah. I will say is that if you remember, Kyle Schwarber, when he would come out to left field, and he was a dancer from a, some sort of dancing group, and he would do a little thing. Have you ever thought about coming out and doing some sort of shuffle? <laughs> I never thought of that, but hey. Maybe you guys just have to watch me closer and I, I might give you something. Right. Any other questions for Padu? Go ahead. Hockey puck bat. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I bring out the big knob every once in a while um, when it serves its purpose. So how would the bat speed? Out of curiosity, help? what do you think that that does when you have that when you have that bat that has the the big uh, donut like on the bottom? Right. It gets the barrel through quicker. Yeah, it's uh, it helps with my swing plane and uh, you know bat speed. It's just a, some weight underneath Sorry. your hands, so you don't necessarily feel it in your swing, but you can get a bigger piece of wood and it can be heavier, but without affecting your swing. Essentially. Is this for you or for your daughter? All right. 
Wait, if? If? How many hours of what? Ian, get up. Um, Ian, get up. I don't know if I could quantify the amount of hours. I think it just became a lifestyle. I was just so immersed in it. Uh, my parents did a good job of giving me every tool I needed, every coach I needed. Um, you know, whatever it could be, any type of camp, I was there. Um, but like I said, it just became a lifestyle. And just uh, that's all we did. That's all I wanted to do, and that's all I wanted to become. And now I'm here. And I think, you know, we've watched a lot of the, you know, if you have Marquee, the road to Wrigley, and they kind of go through that. And to be a minor leaguer and make it into the majors, you need to have one heck of a support system. So how did that work for you as far as your family? I mean, your wife, your kids are here, and, and people don't realize how much of a grind. I mean, like sometimes when you get traded, when you get moved, you have to pick up and go. And so your support system has probably meant so much to you and helped win your success, correct? Absolutely correct. Uh, yeah, my family, uh, you know, been there since day one, obviously. Uh, my wife has been through it since college, and she knows the ups and downs and the ins and outs of it all. But um, like you said, you got to have a, a strong foundation, strong family uh, support system that, you know, keeps you in your lane, uh, lifts you up when you need lifting, brings you down when you need to be brought down. Um, but just ultimately just having your back whenever you need it. So I'm, I'm super thankful for that. Patrick, there's some of us that have been to a lot of these parties right here. I just want to say Patrick Wisdom's family is here, his wife and his kids, his mom and his dad. Let's give a big shout out to his parents and his family tonight for joining us on this rooftop, man. That's awesome. I said the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree and you guys raised one great son, man. That's for sure. Wow, it's going to be so... As it goes right here, man, is that a lot of times after a party, we talk about the players. I'm not going to lie to you, man. And the thing that I heard about you, and Stu kind of just alluded to it, is that the thing that makes a party is the player and their personalities and how they interact with the fans. Because all of these people that you see in front of you here, man, they came to help support Club 400, but they also came to see you. And the one thing I tell people, and people don't ask me about the Club 400 parties, and I'm like, you know what, there's certain guys like you that just make it such a fun event. And so as, as a fan, I just wanted to say, you know, on behalf of Club 400, thank you for what you've done to help Club 400. Your, and, and just as a Club fan, your interaction with the fans, because I, I, I saw you stop for every single kid in that path. Walk, and those of you that have been to spring training know what I'm talking about. You got that path from the center to the field. And there wasn't one fan that you turned down. And for those of us that have been around a long time, Stu and I are getting a little long in the tooth, we recognize that man. And so we, we love the fact that you're here and I'm glad that the very first Club 400 rooftop fart party, Palooza, that you were here, Patrick. Yeah, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Wisdom. Thank you so much, thank you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. 
That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 28. Calling this one, Bullpen Blow Up Up in Bratsville. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's Dustin Rhodes along with my buddy Crowley. We're recording this right before the game up in Canada. Cubs taking on the Blue Jays. And Crowley, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but we can dive in a little deeper now. Two of the Cub players are not making the trip, and that's Justin Steele and Adrian Sampson. Yeah, and and I kind of I don't know I don't want to say I told you so or I knew anything, but it just kind of <laughs> I kind of had a feeling that this was going to come about. I didn't know about Samson, but I had a figure that maybe like you know one of a couple got things was going to happen. I, I thought it was either going to be Keegan or Justin were not going to be vaccinated, and I was, and so obviously we know who it is, and so you know. You got to go up and play without him. Now, the good thing is, I mean, it's it's well, not Steel going to hurt gonna the be, Cubs. Steel was never going to be part of that series anyway, no matter what, right? Right. He was pulled he, with he, the back injury, right? Lower and back, was, and he started on he started on Friday. I mean, he was he was going to start on Wednesday. Oh, so he's the TBD, huh? Well, yeah, that TBD was going to be just Justin Steele, and maybe and maybe this is why maybe this is why Tommy Hadovy the other day talked about like maybe giving him a little bit more time, uh, foreshadowing, if you will, knowing like we need to really watch his innings. It doesn't mean we're going to you know put him in bubble wrap. We got to watch and got to make sure he gets all the rest he needs. Maybe it was a little foreshadowing that answer. Looking back on it now. Yeah, and and but even even then, I mean, you and I have talked about this before about these guys needing this rest, and this kind of comes in. So you know what you you know you you put it all together, and hopefully uh, Justin is going to be feeling all right. I mean, I can't tell anybody anymore what to do or not do, or it's you know whatever. Um, it is what it is. You know, I kind of like like I I, I laugh now now that Rizzo's gotten vaccinated because he's with the Yankees and all that stuff, but right. It just is what it is. And so, you know, when you say it doesn't hurt the team, though, that's not accurate. And that's what we were just talking about with Adrian Sampson, you know, could have still gone. And they pulled him because they knew of the situation. They knew the rule. They knew and, if they did so long, up, they wouldn't get the extra arm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And that ends up hurting them. And the, I mean, I don't know what would have happened otherwise, but they pulled him and they put in it with Sean Newcomb, who didn't get his job done. But, you know, to say it doesn't affect the team is not accurate. So I, 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 would say that hopefully, you know, when the Cubs are in a, a standpoint to start doing well, that this hopefully isn't an issue anymore, but you right. never know. Amazing that that should be the reason why, though, that you would or wouldn't do it. So if the team's not so great and I'm not really into it, I'll take a pass. But if I'm not that into it, my team's doing really good, I'm going to do it for the good of the team. And it that's what you saw with, uh, you're going to see that this over um, in, in Toronto with Whit Merrifield, he was with the Royals, right. wouldn't get vaccinated. Now he's with the team and he's vaccinated. So and he's vaccinated. Very, very, very interesting. All right. So we got game one tonight, Crowley. First pitch a little bit after six, the pregame 530 was Zach on 670, the score. And we've got uh, Assad back out for another start for the Cubs. Yeah, you know, the Toronto's been a pretty good team, but they're just in a really tough division. You know, they're in that AL East and they're in third place, 68 and 58. They're nine games back from the Yankees and they've lost three in a row. So maybe we're catching them at the right time. 
but when you talk about that wild card, and that wild card is wild over there, Toronto is is right there in the wild card spot. So um, they they it's it's it, they have a lot to play for right now. So um, you know, definitely interesting to go. You know, the Cubs are fifty five and seventy three, so they're also in third place. They're nineteen games back, but they're really not sniffing that wild card. So nothing really to kind of really worry about there. So. You know, we're, we're sitting here looking at the two teams. You got Assad, and Assad did really well the last time he went out. You know, he was a spot starter, and he's going to get another chance. And what you want to see with these guys is just do the best that you can, and you're, you're given a, sh- a chance here, right, to open some eyes. And Adrian Sampson's a perfect example of that, of a guy that I don't think he's going to be a starter next year, but I think he may have a lot of value as being potentially one of those two, three-inning guys uh, on the team next year, Assad went four innings pitched in his first start with the Cubs. He gave up four hits, no run, four walks, and he gave, had three strikeouts. So pretty decent outing for Assad. And so you, you, you'd like to see that. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, it's a reason, to, another reason to tune in, another reason to watch. And this is definitely, you know, development over winning at this point. So I, I'm interested to see how he does in game number two when, uh, you know, the, the Jays now have a little bit of a scouting report on the guy. Yeah, he's going to be going up against Jose Barrios. And with Jose, uh, you know, he's had a pretty good season so far this year. The last three starts against Boston, he went six innings pitch, gave up five hits, two runs. Against that Yankees lineup, they've been struggling. But, you know, they've kind of gotten the ship righted a little bit. But 6.2 innings, six hits, only one run. Struggled against Cleveland a little bit. Uh, On 8-12, he went four innings pitch, gave up eight hits, eight runs, two walks. But... He's had a pretty solid year, so you're just kind of hoping that the bats do a lot better than what happened the other day with, uh, you know, against the Brewers series. Yeah, we uh, hope Bar- it's not a north thing. I hope it's not the bats don't work. The farther <laughs> north they go, let's hope that maybe maybe they had to get they had to get past a border, and now all of a sudden everything will start clicking. Yeah, and, and when you talk about Jose, he's nine and five on the season, five twenty eight ERA, one hundred twenty three Ks. I think he's Javi Baez's brother in law. Yes. I think that's right. I think I think that's right. But you know, I do love these kind of matchups where you get to see guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and you know George Springer and some of the guys that you don't. Bo Bichette's another guy that I don't get to see all that often. So right. I, mm-hmm. I do like it for those reasons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it whatsoever. So game two got Marcus Stroman throwing for the Cubs, and he's a former a former J, a former AL East guy. And how about this from Twitter, Crowley, before we start breaking it down? Canada in all caps, I love you all. Toronto will forever hold a special place in my heart. The culture, the people, the city are second to none. Thank you for always showing love and riding with me beyond thankful and grateful for my time here. We'll forever come back and visit followed by the Canadian flag. So Marcus Stroman, a big fan up there, and uh, I'm sure he'll be ready to compete. And I I would like to see a little bit more out of him. I hope he can be as good uh, on the field as he is at social media. Yeah, he really did have a good time in Toronto. It's where he kind of came up and everything was good. And he just contrasts that with the bad experience he had over in New York. Uh, but we know Strowman's last outing was was one of the worst that he's had out here. Uh, he went five innings, 11 hits, five earned runs, two walks. But before then, he was really dealing uh, against Milwaukee, 7.2, two hits, two earned runs. That was at Wrigley. Uh, the time before that, he didn't go that deep, 4.2 innings. He gave up six hits, zero runs. 
So, you know, hoping for a nice bounce back performance from Stroh. And, and you know, he's kind of got, I remember when he faced against the Mets and I told you, look out because he wants to kind of show them, you know, what he can do. I got a feeling that he's going to be up for this game just because he's excited to be back in Canada. So uh, hoping that he has a really, really good start. Uh, he has a tough task against him though. Uh, you know, as far as having to face Kevin Gossman, he was one of the big free agent signings that the Jays had. He was on San Francisco last year. Right. And, uh, you know, he's had a pretty good year, but just not really what the Jays thought they were expecting. Nine and nine with a three fifteen ERA, 155 Ks. So, I mean, he's still a really good pitcher. Let's not, you know, fool ourselves into thinking that this is going to be easier uh, he went five innings, gave up nine hits, four and runs against Boston on 825. Against the Yankees, seven innings pitched, four hits, zero earned runs. And against Cleveland on 814, he went 4.2 innings, gave up nine hits, five earned runs. So he struggled the last couple times out here. So, uh, you know, two bad starts with that good start against the Yankees sandwiched in there. So I'd like to see what the Cubs can do against Kevin Gossman. Yeah, it should be a good – that'll be the kind of game I'm looking forward to the most, especially because Game 3, which we're about to talk to in a minute, we don't have we – have we have the old TBD, and I'll be curious for you to speculate a little bit, Crowley. You know, what do you think will happen? And if you were running things, who would you like to see in that Game 3 on the TBD line? Yeah, when we talk about, you know, Strowman versus Gaussman, you know, Wilson Contreras has seen Kevin from San Francisco. He hits 333 on there. So that might be something to look at. Rafael Ortega should be riding the pine. Hits 182 and 11 at bats. Marcus Stroman, Jackie Bradley Jr. Seen him 26 times. He hits 154. So who knows? But Whit Merrifield hits 286, and so does George Springer. And those are two of their, you know, uh, Springer's one of their best, one of the best hitters on the team. As far as the TBD is concerned, that TBD game, that's going to be. Um, if I was a betting man, I, I would say Mark Leiter Jr. gets the start. Uh, it's not the sexy pick. It's obviously, you know, not somebody that I would want. I, I would love to see one of the young pitchers, whether it's Caleb Killian, whether it's either of the two guys that they got uh, when they made the trade for um, F. Ross and when they traded David Robertson to New York and Philly. Um, I think that would, those would have been great to see. Uh, but it's not happening. Instead, we got TBD, which I think is going to be, like I said, Lighter Jr. versus Mitch White, who's one in four with a 4.24 ERA, 62 Ks. The only person that's who's seen him is Wilson Contreras, and he has no average against him. He must he was plunked or walked yeah, one of the two. I'm with you. On, I, I would love to see one of those young guys, but I think, you know, Lighter, like as an opener, followed by Farrell, maybe something like that is what's might happen. Yeah. And then it's, it's just a little bit frustrating just to me, because I, like I said, it's like lighter, he showed you some things, but you know, if the Cubs are looking to be better, you don't see him being a big piece. And Luke Farrell's been around forever, you know, just a four, a player that, you know, his dad was a coach at one time in Boston. And, and, it, you know, he's got a lot of family that's involved in, in the team and have been involved in the Cubs organization but there's just, like I said, you know, why are we tuning in? We want to see something to kind of wet our whistle, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that, and what you're saying and what is probably going to happen isn't that. All right, Crowley, before we give our predictions for this one, why don't we go through uh, who's hot and who's not? Who's hot for the Cubs? Say Suzuki coming in, hitting 292 in his last seven. Ian and Nico both hitting 286, so we can live with those numbers. But Say has been an interesting one to kind of see the back and forth struggles between the league 
and his adjustments. And, and it seems like there's been a lot of extremes to that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, not the magical and Fran Mil Reyes, both hitting 222, Zach McKinstry hitting 200. So, you know, hopefully maybe their bats start heating up. Yeah, but, both uh, Madrigal and Reyes going the wrong direction at the same time is a little bit troubling. Yeah, and unfortunately that's kind of sometimes what happens for the Blue Jays. Watch out for George Springer hitting 360 in the last seven and Bo Bichette 348. Not JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr. hitting 182 and Whit Merrifield, who they got at the trade deadline, <laughs> .091. He has been just so disappointing. I remember at one point, you know, he was a guy that everybody wanted the Cubs to be all in on. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was just a guy that made a ton of contact and stole bases and was literally just the perfect leadoff guy. So, you know, I, I look at that and I say to myself, man, just, I don't know. I, I would absolutely love to have him on there. But, uh, yeah, he's really, really struggling. But that was a guy – you know, because it always looked like, you know, the with the with the Royals, he was with the Royals. You know, they, they won the World Series before the Cubs did in 2015, I want to say. And just they looked, he, he you know, as they started really stinking up the joint, as, as Casey just got dismantled, you know, you had this guy that just was would just look like it would be perfect fit for the Cubs that just couldn't get on base in 17, 18, 19. He was that leadoff man that they were missing when Dexter Fowler left. Right. Right. All right, Crowley. It's prediction time. We've got uh, we've got a rookie. We've got a veteran in Stroman. And we've got TBD for the starting pitchers. The offense right now isn't doing a hell heck of a lot. They're north of the border. Uh, I'll go first this time if you want me to. And I am going to unfortunately predict a sweep for the Blue Jays. I don't think I can invest in the Cubs from a gambling perspective right now. If I had a bet, I would be betting on. The Blue Jays, I'm worried about Assad tonight. Uh, Marcus Stroman, please prove me wrong. And TBD, I'll bet against TBD every time. Uh, that's that's a pretty good call there. This is going to be a tough one. I'm going to say the Cubs take one of three. I like Stroman in game two uh, to, to really, like I said, kind of he's he's going to be have that amped up, a little bit extra, you know, motivation in his step is my belief. All right. Well, I hope you're right. I hope I am wrong. And hey, maybe we'll both be wrong and they'll uh, somehow uh, take the series in this one. It's, that's a wrap, Crowley. Season one, episode 28. Bullpen blow up in Brotsville is in the books. Hope you have a great rest of your week. We'll be back with you guys later in the week to wrap up the Blue Jays Cubs series. Make sure to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Fly the W670 at Instagram and Twitter, Fly the W on Facebook, and email us with any thoughts, suggestions, or comments at flythew670 at gmail.com and go Cubs.